Hi, welcome back. Misha Ann, how are you? I'm doing well, Al. How are you? I'm doing outstanding to be talking with you on this Friday here. <laughs> We're going to be talking about how to create a human-centered workplace. And congratulations on the promotion. This is Misha Ann Martin, Senior Director of People Analytics and Research at WorkHuman. If you would, Misha Ann, please introduce yourself. Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, again, my name is Misha Ann, and I am an industrial organizational psychologist. My specialty is people analytics. I am fanatically passionate about how people experience work and using data and analytics to quantify that and making sure different types of people experience work just as positively. And I am with WorkHuman and on the WorkHuman IQ team. And we do analytics for the WorkHuman cloud and for our clients. So I'll, I'm so excited to be talking about that today. Well, Misha, and you've been at this a while, and you know we're not going to go through your whole resume right now, <laughs> but I am really excited that you have landed in a place where you can advocate yeah. for the worker and create what you're calling the human-centered workplace. And I understand you have some slides you'd like to share to kick us off, yeah. all right? Yeah, that is right. I do believe in that really deeply. And, you know, I am so happy to be part of WorkHuman because we are aligned with that. I think it's really hard for individuals to thrive if they're not thriving at work. And so, you know, we're doing our part to make the world a better place, in my opinion, by making work a better place and a better experience. I love it. Well, you get on with it. I understand uh, <laughs> we'll bring up the slides and uh, we'll get going. Sure. So especially in the moment that we're living through right now, technology is a really big part of how humans experience work, particularly as we're moving to hybrid working. So to set the context, the WorkHuman Cloud is a suite of human-centered technology that allows people to thank and appreciate each other at work, celebrate the human aspects of their colleagues and things that they accomplish outside of work and communicate with each other frequently through our continuous performance management software. So this is different from traditional HR software of the past. You know, I think the HR software of the past was very focused on the task, right? Let's get the performance management done. Let's get it in the system and move it through the steps. This is very different. This is designed to help people experience work better and connect with each other and move from uh, a, connect, uh, a group of colleagues to a real community that people can enjoy and thrive in. So we help a lot of clients create human-centered workplaces. We're very proud of the people we work with. So I just wanted to brag a little and throw this slide up there so people can see that we help the best brands in the world form a human-centered workplace. That's an impressive slide. I mean, Thank you. Let me throw it up again. <laughs> yeah, I'm especially proud of, you know, our biotech clients and our vaccine makers that are on this list. It felt really good to be helping the people who were helping us through this difficult time in this past two to three years. It's funny you say that because those are the ones that jumped out to me. <laughs> <laughs> I figured they're particularly relevant right now, right? Yeah. So I'm on the WorkHuman IQ team and the WorkHuman IQ team is the analytics arm of WorkHuman. And so we have all this data from all these 
clients and all the ways people interact with each other within those companies. And we analyze that data. We analyze that data to try to, try to get insights around how people experience work and try to find ways to make that better. So we work with our individual clients, sometimes linking data in our system to their data. So things like engagement, performance, voluntary turnover, patient satisfaction, customer satisfaction, safety. Sometimes we go across the database instead of just working one-on-one -on -one with clients to just see what's going on. And we also are really proud that we do our own independent survey research as well. So sometimes we'll just send out a survey to regular working people and ask questions about constructs of interest. So I'll share some of our findings from the past couple of years with you today. Great. So what did we find? When we scanned the workplace during this really crazy thing that we were all going on together, we found that people were struggling. We found that a lot of people were burned out, most people were stressed, and about a third of the workplace was lonely. We also wanted to look at psychological safety. So at a time when people are struggling, it requires a level of vulnerability to say, I'm not okay and I need additional support. And so psychological safety creates that space where people can be vulnerable and ask for support and the help that they needed. So we thought it was really, really important to dive deeper into that construct at this particular time. And we found some interesting things. We found that overall, we have work to do. On a scale of one to five, where five is the most psychologically safe, the average was only between three and four. So not even like four, which is good, but closer to me <laughs> than to good, right? So right. not that great. And also when we looked at it for different groups, we found that some groups were even lower than this already low average. We found that women were lower. We found that parents were lower and we found that non-whites were lower. So arguably the people that needed psychological safety the most during this time, unfortunately had it the least. So then we dug a little bit deeper and we thought, okay, so how does this relate to people's intentions to seek a job elsewhere? So we followed up with some more survey research in fall 2021. And what we found was around 40% of the sample said that they were intending to look for a new job in the next year. We also found that the people who are intending to look for a job were significantly lower on psychological safety compared to people who said they intended to stay put. We also found that a majority of our job seekers or intended job seekers were parents. 65% of that job seeker sample were parents. And then lastly, we found that the thing people wanted the most that was driving their job seeking intentions was a desire for greater flexibility. And this was especially true for the black workers in the sample. So we found some really, really interesting things. That's, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. I wanna come back over <laughs> Okay. So, you know, we don't just want to identify what ails us, right? Like we're all about what can we do to make this better? So we looked at that. 
And not surprisingly, we found that recognition really helps. So when we looked at our sample, we found that the people in our sample that were highest on psychological safety were the people that were recognized most recently, so within the past month. We often use this survey research to um, recommend to our clients what they look at in their own individual organizations. And we did this study last year, and we've already done a similar study with one of our clients and replicated this exact same finding. So within that organization, the people that were highest on psychological safety were the people that had been recognized most recently. We also found that it helps out working parents. So when we look specifically at working parents who again made up the chunk of our job seeking sample, those working parents who were the least stressed were also the people who had been recognized the most recently. So recognizing and appreciating people can kind of take the edge off, right? And reinforce their value to the organization, especially important in a really difficult time. May, may I pause you there real quick? Absolutely. I, I, um, what does recognition look like? Yeah, recognition is obviously something that is talked about a lot. Um, I have written about, and it's something that's dear to me, not only as a professional, but as a, as a parent. Um, and it actually echoes Maya Angelou mm -hmm. and others that like oh. she had talked about. All right. When you, uh, when somebody walks into a room, just, just, you know, I, I don't forget the number, but just, you know, give them five seconds of attention or 10 seconds. I, I, yeah. I forget what it was, but it, you know, just look them in the eye and be fully present with them for a moment. And right. I, I've tried to do that, you know, with my kids. So, you know, particularly with remote work though, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, when you have you know, 10 meetings a day and so forth, what does recognition look like on an ongoing basis to you yeah. and what you're doing there at Work Human? Yeah, so I love that question, actually. And the Maya Angelou quote is, people will forget what you said, they will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And recognition really makes people feel things, you know? At the base of it, every human wants to be seen and they want to be appreciated. So what does it look like? It looks like me specifically communicating to you the things that I appreciate about you Al, as a person, as a human, and also what you do for me at work, right? So your accomplishments at work, your accomplishments in life. In our particular product, we're really proud of it. One interesting aspect of the way that we think about appreciation and recognition is that it's social. So not only am I appreciating you, but it shows up on a social feed for all my other colleagues to see and celebrate this wonderful thing I've done. They can comment on it and amplify the, the, um, the recognition. We've done research or we're doing research right now on what this witnessing effect does, right? When people witness this appreciation and what it does is it amplifies the positive effects of that social recognition. We also um, have a product that allows people to celebrate each other. So we recognize that humans are more than what they bring to the workplace. So with our software, you can recognize when people have bought a house or run a marathon or bought a puppy or had a baby and you can see the cute pictures, Al. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it looks like in our context. You know, it, 
it, to your point, it, it acknowledges the humanity uh, yes. within us all, not just a worker, you know, there to f contribute something. Um, and uh, you'll love it. That's obviously needed. It's always been needed, but it's been amplified, you know, given the pandemic and the struggles with mm -hmm. remote work. And you mentioned uh, earlier, and I want to come back to it now, if you don't mind, is the uh, the non-black population, I'm sorry, the non-white population yep. has not been seen, heard. Mothers have not been seen and heard. They, okay. There hasn't been the space, the psychological safety to actually voice concerns and offer right. up, you know, ideas. So as you mentioned, it's one thing to acknowledge the problem. There's another thing to actually do something about it. So in the organizations that you've seen, address this problem successfully and i know that varies in in, in perception and and uh and uh you know what really is the case but what would you put forth as some ways uh non-white workers have been seen heard and empowered and how women and mm -hmm. um, particularly um you know parents have been seen heard and empowered you know over the past uh you know two years now yes yes what are your thoughts i mean it, people were going through so much, right, in the past two years. So let's not forget all the civil unrest and all the emotions that mm -hmm. came with that, right? So mm -hmm. one of the things that happens in organizations, especially for groups of people that are smaller and are not the majority, is that things are happening with those groups and with that experience that goes under the radar and mm -hmm. is not seen by the broader organization. Mm -hmm. So the individuals mm -hmm. feel it, you know, and they suffer from it, uh, disengagement, lack of morale, cynicism, which is the yeah. killer, right? Yeah. And yeah. the organization yeah. is essentially blind to those things. So our clients who are the best at this, the first thing they do is they unearth what's happening and we help them with that. So, you know, strategic continuous listening programs, right? Um, but also our analytics team helps with that. We look at the pattern of recognition experiences across groups, even looking at intersectional identities to identify, are there differences that are happening in this experience? And where can we shore this up for different types of people? So the first thing that we do is we draw awareness. And then we have research to show just by including different people in this experience, you can get great outcomes. So what we see is that when non-whites and women participate in a recognition program, turnover drops for those groups specifically. Mm -hmm. Also, again, you know, the more recently and frequently somebody is recognized, the more likely they are to say that their company values inclusion. And then lastly, with one client, what we saw is for parts of their organization that were really good at recognizing their diverse population, they had better business outcome outcomes. And the outcome that we looked at for that particular client was patient satisfaction. So they mm -hmm. actually had better patient satisfaction scores. So treat your people better and they will treat your customers better. <laughs> Crazy thought. <laughs> and, uh, I know. You know, I, I want to take that a little bit deeper if you don't mind, because uh, I am all, uh, I am like we all are, we're constrained by time. And yes. so I got my phone right here, right? And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm doing my job during the course 
parts of the day. You know, I've have, you know, five, six meetings, you know, I'm trying to do work in between these meetings. I'm I'm busy. So I'm going to maybe take a break and yeah, there, you know, go for a walk, meditate, you know, as a way to recharge and all that, you know, Mm -hmm. self-care, but I'm going to have an opportunity to engage in this device or my computer browser. And I'm going to go and potentially proactively hopefully go out and seek to acknowledge somebody who's done something on my behalf so what i'm hearing is that number one we as workers whether it be we leaders or members of a team Mm -hmm. we need to proactively reach out and recognize people it's just not and what i'm hearing too is that your platform makes it easy to That's do right. this. So it's not like, okay, I, I got to go dig out someone's email and, and you know, <laughs> comment on that, that I can, on my phone. <laughs> I, I, I can do that quickly. Yes. And it's, and it comes from an authentic place. Am I playing that back? Right? Is that what you encourage to create, make this a priority and go and make it happen as opposed to just do it, you know, uh, as a luxury, just making it, Hey, this is something that's essential to how we function as an organization, how essential as we function as a team and, and as a leader. Yeah. And I, that is correct. And, you know, we do make it easy, but I would also say that let's remember that that effort pays off so many times at work, you know, we work hard, but not necessarily smart. So Mm -hmm. for example, as a leader, it is my job to amplify the performance of my team. Whatever you recognize gets repeated. And so if you change your thinking to recognition as a performance enhancement tool, it's not a luxury. It's part of your job. It's part of how you're coaching your team. You know, as a team member, um, when you give somebody recognition or appreciation, it creates this gratitude effect. And we know that gratitude has all these positive consequences or um, advantages, right? And Adam Grant did a great set of studies on this that showed that gratitude makes people more altruistic. It makes them want to help you in the future and anybody else in the future. So if you're trying to create an environment where your coworkers help you out and help each other out, this is a great investment in that outcome. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, thank you for you know going off on that with, sure. with me. Did you have another slide? I interrupted your flow there. Yes, yes. I just have a few more. So we stopped okay. talking um, about you know how uh, recognition decreases stress for working parents. But I also want to emphasize that it is a consistent effect. We picked working parents because we felt like that needed some focus. But we've done this same study a couple of years now, most recently last year. And we find the same thing for the sample at large. And what we find is people who are recognized most recently are the most grateful and the least stressed. So in times of change, whether it's external to the organization, internal to the organization, or both, double down on appreciation to help people be more resilient and experience less stress. So the next thing I want to talk about is, you know, what are the outcomes of this and how do you do it more effectively? This is a single client study. And we did this study with a client in the midst of the pandemic when most of their workforce was remote. And so we were comparing people who were not recognized, that's the gray, people who received 
recognition, but it didn't have a monetary component to it. And then people who received recognition that had a monetary component. So another element of our social recognition system is that when you write a message to someone being specific about what you appreciate, you can attach a monetary component that that person can then redeem for a gift card or an experience, or maybe they want to give it to charity or buy a handbag or a wine fridge. I don't know. They have the choice, right? <laughs> and what we find consistently is that adding that monetary component amplifies the effect of that recognition. And we find that again here. So in the midst of the pandemic, when people were not seeing each other, what this is showing us is that people who received monetary recognition within the last month before the survey were the most likely to say they felt connected to their, to their colleagues. So while we can't be physically in front of each other as much, it's a great way to continue to build connection and community as we move into a hybrid working environment. And this is the organization recognizing contribution, because obviously that's a systematic solution as opposed to a team member you know, giving a like or, or a, some type of uh, either verbal or written recognition. Is that right? This is individuals appreciating individuals. And that individual, oh, really? yep. And that individual could be your direct manager, another manager, somebody from a project team, your coworker. We believe that anybody in an organization should be empowered to appreciate any other body in an organization. And we have shown and proven that that really, communi that really creates community and has a lot of positive impacts. So it's not at all impersonal. It is from me to you. <laughs> and so does everyone have a, a budget or an account or you know, how does that work? Our clients do it very differently. Sometimes the budget is an organizational wide budget. Sometimes it rolls up to the department. But yeah, departments do it differently. And not every um, appreciation across our clients has a monetary component, but our best clients uh, do a combination of both. Understood. That's great insight. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. So more along the lines of, you know, what do we recommend in terms of how to make appreciation really impactful? Again, it's an environment where everybody is empowered to give. Because what we find is that receiving feels good. As you can see on this first graph, it does lower turnover compared to if you're not receiving recognition at all. But when you're participating by giving appreciation to a coworker and you're also appre receiving appreciation, that amplifies the effect and lowers turnover even more. We also see that it matters who you receive recognition from. Yes, receiving uh, recognition from your manager is great and it's important, but if you're receiving recognition from both your manager and the people around you, that's where we see the best outcomes. This is cool. Isn't it though? I think so, but you know, I'm I'm super biased about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's uh, it, uh, the recognition has uh, long been uh, a bit of an esoteric concept. You know, that's mm -hmm. why I started off uh, asking the question: What what is recognition to to you all? Yeah. So this is obviously making it very practical and. Uh, 
elicits an emotional response that yeah. obviously has benefits not only to productivity but to you know someone's feeling of safety and and yeah. connection to to the organization and others so no it's yeah. fantastic it is actually really cool cuz as we mentioned you know i recently got promoted and so i got the um the recognition for that on our system and i was able to not only read through my direct manager's note but all my colleagues were commenting with congratulations and talking about, you know, what they appreciated about working with me over the past year and a bit that I've been with Work Human. It does give you the good feels. Uh, that's fantastic. That's yeah. uh, I, I mean, I, I'd press a button and give you recognition. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All I can do is to say congratulations for that, at this point. Thank but, you. Uh, Thank you. Thank but you. Great. Now, did, did you have anything else? Just oh, one, one more, more slide. I just want to talk about our new research report that's coming soon. We have a lot of research on the Work Human website. As I said before, you know, we do work with our individual clients and you can see the, those case studies on our website, but we also do our own independent survey research as well. And this is a, a report that's coming out for Employee Appreciation Day, and it has a lot of important good things in it. So we're looking specifically at the difference between hybrid working, fully remote, or fully on site, and the different needs of those different groups, how to keep people connected, and how we move forward in thinking about work as we start to work differently. Well, super cool. What, what's the <laughs> date of that? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm just... Yes. Uh... So that will be out in around a week or so. So I'll say start looking oh. for it about next week, Friday. All right. Well, we're going to have to have a follow-up discussion about that once that once that gets launched. Because I would that love is, to. Yeah. No. This this is fantastic. I mean, Misha and I've just we've known each other for a while. I am again excited for you. You know where you are with Work Human, and it seems like a perfect fit. You know, given your values and yeah. you know, given uh, you know the impact that you want to make uh, on the world. Hey, I, I have a few more questions if you sure. don't mind, and you don't. Know, I want to talk about. Uh, the fact it is, it's Black History Month, and yeah. you know, it's also the case where I'm of the belief that it's always History Month. It's right. it's always Black History Month. Where we have an obligation to learn about our history as a country and uh, reflect on, you know, how we interact in the world and some of our biases, both conscious and unconscious, and and strive to make this, you know, world a better place and our, you know, through our micro community that, you know, we have the greatest impact on. And and mm -hmm. so my, my pointed question is this, you know, given, you know, what's transpired over the past couple of years, in particular with social strife and, and you alluded to it earlier that, you know, Black Americans specifically have had a extraordinary experience uh, yeah. even and so you know with George Floyd and it's just been it's been tough it's and I for one it, despite my background as an athlete and having been around black men a, a lot and uh and football and basketball you know I thought I had a uh an appreciation for the black experience. And I'd like to think I, I do. That being said, what the last couple of years have highlighted is that I still have a lot to learn. Yes. And it's, in my view, it's not enough just to be a good person and do the right <laughs> thing when things come at you. 
arguably, and I would argue this very assertively, we have a responsibility to proactively work to make things better, to call out injustice, whether it be in the workplace or or elsewhere. And, you know, not everyone's up for that. So, you know, how does this relate to our discussion? And my question, it, it's this, is that when we talk about recognition, when we talk about seeing people, hearing people, uh, what are your thoughts about how to address this? And I know we don't have much time to talk yeah. about it, but there's some simple steps. You know, is it initiating the conversation, the awkward conversation? Is mm -hmm. it just, uh, you know, reading books and, and, you know, listening to, you know, documentaries and stories, you know, about the black yeah. experience in America. What are some of your, you know, two or three ideas um, yeah. to get people started? Yeah, I'll start out by saying Black History Month was really tough for me this year. Um, I woke up on February 1st and, you know, I know Black History Month is supposed to be a celebration. But when I woke up that morning, I woke up to the news that my alma mater, an HBCU, Historically Black College and University, shout out to Morgan State, was closed <laughs> due to a bomb threat. And that 11 other HBCUs had experienced similar bomb threats. And so I didn't feel much like celebrating because here we are in 2022, and still, this is happening on the first day of Black History Month. So now let me get to your question. Um, a lot of people have good intentions and good thoughts, but frankly, that's not helpful. And so the first thing people need to do is become proactive. Um, when George Floyd happened, a lot of organizations asked Black employees to talk about how they were feeling, to lay themselves bare, and to be vulnerable, and to say the things that made them afraid that they were afraid of what would happen to their black boys and their husbands, you know? And one thing organizations can do to facilitate those conversations is to create an environment of psychological safety. So that's easier because it is necessary to have those conversations so that people understand. However, with that comes great responsibility. What happens after those conversations? What do you do? I think that there is some element of of, of, of white people always asking people of color, what do we do? Do the work, educate mm -hmm. yourself, stand up for me so that I don't have to keep standing up for myself. If someone mispronounces my name or spells it incorrectly, I'm tired of saying something. You say something, you know? <laughs> Ask me how I'm feeling and really be comfortable with that. When I answer you, listen to me instead of protecting your own worldview that the world or the organization is a great place. So those are just small, but big to me, things that people can do to make the experiences of um, Blacks and other people of color better in the world and better in the workplace. Well, th you know, thank you for sharing that. And you know, what, in, what you, what I heard there is that you invited people in and you also challenged it that you know, it, it is going to be uncomfortable um, but it's rewarding nonetheless i can speak from my personal experience that you know i i 
to to be called an ally and not to say that I'm perfect at it, you know, and sometimes unsolicited, it was like, oh man, it, it gives me fuel. It should, it, you know, it gives yeah. me, it, it, I, I get recognized and I want to do more of, of the work to, you know, again, create a more just and equitable society. So again, thank you for being you. Thank you for <laughs> doing the work that you do. And uh, thanks for sharing today. We're, ha- we're going to have to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> I would love it. I'm honored to be invited. Thank you so much. All right, Michelle, you you be well. Okay, you too. Okay, bye.